Boom. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, my name is Jack Nagel, and this is Real Drug Talk. Um, and we're back. Uh, apologies, everyone. We missed a week of podcasts at Real Drug Talk. We're committed to Wednesdays and Sunday shows. Um, but it's fair to say uh, that I have quite a bit going on in my life this year. Um, all good stuff, of course. Uh, but yeah, the exciting news that um, having a baby uh, this year, and it was our, it was my wedding anniversary, um, one year married already, um, this following, this, this past week, sorry, um, so that was pretty cool, um, and intended to have a couple of shows come out, but some things bobbed up, and just couldn't get there in the end, um, so apologies for that, but it's actually just quickly one of the big lessons that I'm trying to teach myself at the moment. And I'm glad that I'm finally learning it. You know, um, I heard someone say at the start of my journey with recovery that, you know, the whole reason that you get into recovery is to enjoy your life and enjoy your family and all that sort of stuff. You're not a human um, doing, you're a human being, all that sort of stuff. Um, and even though I'm committed, I have to remember that sometimes with work and not stress out. So um, I just let it all go last week and enjoyed my life that I have been blessed with and created through recovery. So that was pretty cool. Um, but excited to be back and excited to pump out some more shows. Um, yeah, we're really getting lots of people um, getting in touch with us and enjoying the show. So it's really cool um, to hear. Keep emailing us, keep talking to us uh, because it encourages me to put out more shows and it encourages us within the wider um, businesses and organizations that we have to kind of keep helping and keep providing. Um, so yeah, we're excited today on today's show. Um, we've got Danny Shannon back um, because we spoke to him about a month ago and we started to uncover some of his personal story, which is pretty intense and pretty full on. Um, and I just wanted to kind of hear the whole lot because I think it's a good example of um, how low you can go and how crazy your life can be and how much you can actually turn it around um, and live an amazing life and have businesses and do stuff, you know, from the very bottom. Um, and he's, he's kind of humble about it. He doesn't, I can tell he doesn't sort of want to paint the picture and focus on the differences. But, you know, the thing that I know about Danny now from talking to him is that, you know, he really, really big time hit the bottom um, and has, you know, more than most people kind of excelled to the top and created an amazing life. So um, we've got another show with him, uh, which is really cool. Um, so hope you enjoy. Glad to be back and have an awesome Wednesday. All right, into the show. All right, boom. Welcome everybody um, to another episode of Real Drug Talk. We're back and I'm excited um, because we've had the week off, Danny, um, and it's been an unexpected week off um, for everybody listening. Sometimes, you know, when the baby calls, the baby calls. So my, uh, <laughs> my wife is pregnant and um, yeah, things that just come up as they do and it's... Um, prevented us but we're back this week which is good um and i wanted to have danny back on we had him on oh probably it's nearly a month ago now time flies um yes, but man. we started kind of getting into your story a little bit and i wanted to get the full version but um how are you mate how are you going yeah very very good jack i'm um i don't know i feel good you know i feel good and look, you're right Duty calls, you know, when it comes to the missus and the kid, they've got to be the priority, you know, for sure. I That's right. Mate. That's yeah, right. Now I feel good and I'm really, I'm ready to chat. I look forward to it. And this is the, but let me add, this is the carpool edition because I'm driving sensibly. <laughs> my eyes are on the road. I'm on my way to a meeting, and um, there's nothing I'd love to do more than um share with you on my way to the city. Awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Um, so yes, for everyone, everyone watching, and if you are watching on, on LinkedIn, we're live on, um, drop us in some comments, tell us where you're watching from and, um, feel free to ask any comment, uh, ask any questions as we're going. Um, but Danny has guaranteed us that his eyes are a hundred percent on the road at all times. So I, I think it adds an interesting element and just for everyone, like, you know, 
this is uh this is mild compared to what uh danny's life used to be like so we're enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true mate. this is so sensible compared to my life previous previously um to recovery mate you're right <laughs> hey um just on that before we get into your story a couple of things that made me laugh the other day someone someone pointed it out we were there was kind of a group of people in recovery that were like together um and i don't know it was it was we were talking about something that had to do with like a process and following kind of the process rules and all that stuff and and few people wanted to go outside of the rules and whatever and people were getting like really worried about going outside of the rules um and somebody outside of it that wasn't in recovery just kind of made a joke and said you know for a bunch of um people that used to i don't know break the law for a living <laughs> yeah you're very you're very very anxious about following the rules <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's like um yeah, it's like that's we're constantly aware of the rules. I I am, and funny enough, I follow the rules so so well these days. But um, yeah, I know exactly that conversation you're talking about. It's like what seems normal um, behavior to people who aren't in recovery. We question, we go, oh, yeah, we let to do that, we let to do this. That's my experience anyway, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny, man. It's so funny. So, um. Last time we had you on, we talked about the uh, amazing um, uh, business initiative that you have, um, which is really cool. And you got some exciting news with that recently as well. Is that recent that I saw the other day? Yeah, mate. Jack, do you know what? I've been working my ass off. Let me add this for two years, every single day, like almost 24 hours a day. This is on top of all my other work, but um, shit just seems to be all coming together you know like i'm on my way now to a to another meeting where we've you know got a got a sale and i i've gone like two years just trying to build the presence and the um what do you call like the brand and educating people about our time capsule videos and now it's just all falling into place and i I guess that's a testament to what hard work does you know like um and don't ever give up it's something i always talk about is that's something i've had to do in recovery absolutely is just don't ever give up and i feel like sometimes the stars and the planets just align and stuff just keeps getting better you know so mm. yeah mate look things have come we recently got some funding from the new south wales government who are supporting wow. our initiative and the work that we're doing within the rehabilitation space um yep. it's only going to get Hopefully, look, and I don't want to get cocky, and I'm not being cocky. There's still a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. Um, I say often, you know, I've, I've come a long way, Jack, but I've got a long way to go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, I love it too. Um, that's really cool. And I, just more for myself, I'm curious, over that last two years of when you've been putting in all that hard work with um, yeah. the encapsulator, um, is – like, had you ever, did you have doubts and stuff? Were you ever like, Fuck, should I stop doing what I'm doing? Or, you know, this is too hard or. Um, yes, I have to admit, like, but please acknowledge, they were only fleeting thoughts. thoughts. Yeah. Like I was never going to quit, you know, but yeah. Uh, because I guess what I think is, is it just going to be a constant struggle always? And am I ever going to get some traction type of thing? So, but in saying that, like, and I'm really grateful that I've actually financially invested a bunch of money that keeps me motivated, mate, to, uh, to make it back. <laughs> so, so um, and in, along my journey, yeah, I've had people say to me, Danny, like, do you think maybe, you know, you've it's time to, to pull the pin and mm. to stop? Um, and I think that's shit, a shit question to ask someone, really, because, and I love that I've always gone, no way, you know, like, yep. I've got so much, and I've always had so many positive things to support why I'll never pull the pin, you know? Yeah. So, nah, yeah. I haven't, mate. I'm going to fight to the death, mate. I'm never giving <laughs> up. Exactly. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, so. Do you know what's funny about it as well? Because yeah, like I, I've been on similar journey to you, been doing my own business and I guess you call it entrepreneurship for, yeah, nearly, yes. I was adding it up the other day, nearly five or six years now. Um, and wow. 
it's it's funny, right? Like when I look back on it, it actually is a lot like kind of recovery um, because it's just like this slog. Everything like when you first get into it, everything's new. You you sort of have that bit of hope that things can be different in your life and you can do something cool, but uh, you're kind of doubtful of your abilities. Or this is my experience anyway. And then, yeah, like like you said, sort of eighteen months, two years, you're just like chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Things are hard. Doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere. And then and then I don't know. Things just start kind of falling into place. You know, it's like you get enough credits in the bank and and it finally starts working it's so much like that it's weird it's weird yeah i couldn't agree more jack it's almost identical to recovery you know like it has been for me absolutely like that journey has been it's like it's full unknown territory in the beginning you know it's like we enter the rooms um, we hear all these people the language um that we talk in recovery becomes really um it's like you're studying life um, was what I felt like recovery was. And now it's like I'm studying another way of life and it's entrepreneurship business. I'm relearning how to live um, yeah. because I had no yeah. idea. So, yes, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's spot on. It's a journey, isn't it? You know? 100%. Yeah, so interesting, mate. So the reason why I wanted to get you back on, and I'm sure we'll do this a few times, but we started as we were going through last time, we, we kind of went a bit into your story, but the thing that I realized as we were talking was that like, fuck, there's a lot of meat on the bone with this one. And you know, it's, um, it's quite, it's quite inspiring because, you know, not that anybody has a worse story than anyone else, but it, it sounds like that you sort of really did, you know, do a number on yourself and kind of hit the bottom, you know, um, big time. I gave it, I, gave it a good nudge. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I like that term, you know. Yeah. yeah, I did give it a good nudge and absolutely, you know, um, it's hard when we start comparing ourselves to other people's stories. We never come off best, you know, like we're always yeah. less than or, or better than and absolutely, like it's an individual journey and if, you know, if your journey brought you to your knees where you were asking for help, well, that's all that fucking matters, you know. As long yeah. as... um. Yeah, so, yeah, but look, I, in saying that, I can very easily compare my my journey, my addiction and my struggles to other people's and go far out. And I truly mean this. I was blessed, really, like compared to some of the horrible shit that um, I know and I hear of, you know. So I reckon I was, I reckon I was just your average garden variety addict um, doing my best to, to survive day after time you know and i don't think i was any worse or any better than than anyone but yeah yeah a hundred percent so can you can you take us back um let, let's i, I want to kind of go blow by blow because you know something that we touched on last time which is interesting is that we said you know it's almost like there's not a lot of people using heroin these days um and you know that's a big part of your story but i know for the people that are and we've had a few different people reach out and whatever um you know they always say to us oh it's just all these ice stories um so i think it can provide a lot of hope for people so how did how did like your drug use um or alcohol use start like what was going on in your life what led up to it what were the circumstances yeah just paint us a little bit of a picture sure like i think like i I started off using all the and i'll say milder drugs but when i say that i'm talking everything else but heroin right um yeah <laughs> but it started on like pot like marijuana first and then a little bit of speed some lsd um alcohol um mm. couple of chemical like cream balls that was a gas you used to suck on um so but the thing is like i think that was kind of mild because i was never really out of control until i picked up I was out of control. Hang on, don't, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't, my life wasn't as hectic as from the day I picked up heroin at 16. It was like a new level of out of control because yeah. I became dependent instantly, you know. And I know that is the case with other drugs. I guess other drugs just didn't have me so in love with them and so dependent on it as 
that day I first picked up heroin. You know, that was the day I often say that was the the beginning of the end. Or yeah, like that was I became instantly dependent. Like I needed it every yeah. single day. I think up until then I was kind of well, I was only young. You know, like you can't be have too much of a crazy habit at the age of fifteen or sixteen. Anyway. Yeah. So why was that? Do you think with heroin? Like, what what was the what was it about that drug that that did it for you? Um, look, I, I certainly not a glamour. It's automatically. It's funny. Like when I think back to that stuff, I can glamorize it all too, you know. And I don't want to glamorize it. But, yeah. Well, I'm gonna glamorize it, right? Like it was <laughs> like it was like all those other drugs were like a four out of ten. They were good, but Heroin just took me to a new level, you know. I've, mm. People have, I've been involved in podcasts and people want to know what it felt like, you know. And, I, <laughs> and, and so I'm going to, I'm just going to give you a bit of a description because I think like people outside of recovery and people who have got no idea, people want to know, I guess. So look, That's right. Exactly. What, and, and, and that's what I'm thinking of as you asked me that question. It was like this warm buzz started coming over my body. It was like, it started from the outside of my skin inwards, like this warm, euphoric glow that just sort of came in and in until it sort of hit my, let's say, my soul. And it was just like, wow, where have you been? You know, it was like I felt so comfortable in my skin. I felt so peaceful. <laughs> and so, yeah, like it's, it's, really powerful explaining that right now like I, it's almost like i can feel this warm glow that just made everything okay and i'm not even suggesting that everything was horrible anyway it's not what i'm yeah. saying like my childhood and i'm happy to talk about that it wasn't horrible and that's why i don't want to compare myself to because some people have got way way worse stories mm. than me but still it doesn't matter like that glow just made everything just perfect um so yeah it was uh, for example there's other drugs and and ice is obviously next level that's like this you know like start doing stuff that's not what heroin did it was like just like this ah chill you yeah. know like yeah sorry but it's, i got a little bit carried away then but um no, no, no. <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it, it's interesting you say that though, like a couple of things like, so cause like, uh, you know, I, I used heroin as well, but I never was dependent on it. Um, and, um, you know, yeah. but had the dependency with ice and it's interesting you say that like the, the outwardly yeah. kind of stuff was different with ice, but it was actually the same effect that you were describing sure. just like that yes. in a piece like you're just in the moment like you wouldn't yeah. describe it like that when you when you're talking about it because when you or when you're doing it sorry because you're just doing whatever you're doing but like that's what it that's actually what it gave me and and what happened when I used it you know so it's it's really interesting and and just on that really funny like my wife is a straighty 180 right so she, I don't yeah. even think she I don't think she's ever smoked pot right she's um yeah that's she's she's dead down the down the line um and i love that about her but she's watching breaking bad at the moment um she's never yeah. seen it um and she's watching Great the show. episode and and in the show they do heroin right and you know they try and depict it and the guy yeah. just kind of falls asleep as well and she go, and yeah. she turns to me and she goes what why would you <laughs> why would yeah. you want to do that you just go to sleep and i just said oh i don't know maybe i'll tell you another time <laughs> yeah. but yeah that that's what it's like it, it's 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 all the internal stuff that you feel and i think you're right it's not to it's not to glamorize it but people are interested um because yeah. from the out the outside looking in looking at a drug addict's life you would be like why the fuck would you want to do that but there's a reason why people use drugs and and usually to start with it's because it's pretty fucking good to be honest <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Um, it's so interesting to say, and this is really almost—it's—it's it's mind-boggling to think that your experience with meth and ice was the same as mine with heroin. So what that tells me, 
definitely is that it's not so much well why we get addicted to certain drugs, but you it's that ultimate sort of thing that we chase for the rest of our time, isn't it? That that is the moment that I continued to chase. And I never got that description I gave you before never quite got that again, you know, like that's what I was yeah. constantly chasing, that feeling and um yeah, and when Yeah, so yeah, interesting, mate. Yeah, and I just wanted to go back as well because I, I think that's another interesting point is that, you know, there's a lot of talk around addiction treatment stuff and you would be aware of this at the moment around, um, which is a great thing. There's a lot of awareness around trauma and the impacts that uh, traumas yeah. are having on people and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of interesting, right, because I think it's something that I've realised and in the program that we run, we, we work with a lot of um professionals I, I suppose that often haven't had those traumatic experiences and life events and stuff like that um but they're just as addicted as people that have <laughs> um and um you know i picked that up when you were talking about your childhood and your story you know like is that kind of a bit of a myth that every person that uses drugs goes through trauma and and like what do you reckon it is for you that drives drives all of this you know, I hear it all the time. In fact, I mean, I think it's, I recently heard it said like addiction comes from trauma, but, and I don't want to dispute those people, but I don't, that's not my case. Addiction for me came because I loved it initially, you know? Yeah. Yes, I was, yes, I was trying to avoid, I felt much better, I felt uncomfortable with my skin, but, um, which you could say is trauma as well. So you could break it down like that, but um, is it a bit of a myth? I think most times it's spot on, actually, because yes. like I work with I work with men um, and people in recovery, and I have done so for a long time now. And yes, mate, it's spot on. I think, but I don't think it always has to be. Like you can, yes, at least be open to the fact that I just fucking loved it, and it got me, you know. And I th- I think um painkillers are a great um, 100%. example of that because so many people these days get addicted to opiates because they broke a leg or whatever their injury was and become addicted. Have you seen that the pharmacist on Netflix? No, I haven't. I heard it's good though. Oh my god, like it nails it. Like, and so you've got thousands, hundreds of thousands of just normal people who first start on some type of painkiller, they get given the gold, which is Oxycontin, you know, endone, and then they just love it, you know, and then they yeah. start chasing it. And then this whole epidemic comes being heroin. Um, so anyway, you know what, mate? I don't know. It doesn't really fucking matter, I reckon, Jack. Like, the fact is, um, I think it does matter for people who were, did have the trauma. But for me, I, I focus on the now. All my work I do with my clients and people that I work with and my mates and all that, I, I don't like getting into childhood stuff, a counsellor. That's not my niche. I'm alleged, I'm good at talking about how we're going to deal with it now, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting you say that because it's something that struck me that I like about you um, and your approach because I've, I've asked you a couple of different things um, and because uh, I think that's important as well, like, you know, I, I tend or can be tend to be over analytical. And, and again, like you said, this isn't dismissing people that have had those experiences because so many people yeah. have, right? But I've asked you like a lot of different things like what is addiction? Is it a disease? Is it this and whatever? And you've been like, you know what? Like it doesn't even matter, Jack. I don't really know. But I know that what I do here about these issues works for me and my life is really fucking good now. And, and I think that's a cool thing, you know, because that's something as well. You can kind of get lost in the past. You can get lost in, you know, definitions and semantics and whatever um, and forget about what it really takes to turn your life around if you are at that point, which is doing things differently and changing and all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you know what? And I love that you said that. You can be too smart. You can be too smart to, yeah. to get help and fix yourself, but you can never be too dumb. So, like, it's like if you 
some people want to know all the freaking answers to everything, and that stuff impedes their chances, I think, of recovery because they want to dissect every single thing about a reading or a practice, and they want to. So I think you can be too smart to get this, but you can never be too dumb to get this. You know, yeah. I'll be the I'll be the board dumbo. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not I never oversaw the stuff. I, I mean, I challenged a lot of things, but I love that. I, I think that's so true because I have really smart clients, right? People who are really yeah. intelligent. It it fucks you up if you're too intelligent because you start <laughs> analysing all these things that we suggest that you do in the early days of recovery, and you you just want to fight everything. What about just throwing your hands up and going? I need help and just trying that stuff instead of trying to outsmart it. Cause you can't, I couldn't outsmart it. I tried for 17 years. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting. And I, <laughs> I don't know if you agree and, and it's, um, you know, I know from when I chatted to you last time, it is kind of the unlock for people. It is that thing that you have to do when you get into recovery. You do have to just kind of wholeheartedly commit, and just do the actions and just sort of surrender. You know, there's a surrender and there's a common saying, you know, like fake it till you make it. Like you just have to manufacture some belief that it's going to work for you. And that's how you kind of make it happen and make change, make change go. Um, so yeah, sure. it's, it's really interesting. So going back, sorry, we got a bit sidetracked there, but going back to the, the, <laughs> the heroin. Um, so you said yeah. that, you sort of picked that up at 16. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. I picked it up at 16. I did not put it down. I did not miss a day for the next uh, 15 years, basically. Wow. So there's a good, there's a good um, like example of what it does. You know, now let me, I say I did not miss a day. I've been a bit dramatic because there was days when I was locked up and I had no access to it, but there were certainly days when I was locked up and I was stoned as well. So, if, if I had any um, ability to get, I was pretty much stoned every single day for the next 15 years. Until I was 33, I never really missed a day, you know. Like, And when I say that too, keep in mind I was on the methadone. I got stuck on the methadone at 21 and I didn't get off that uh, for 13 years. So I was definitely literally stoned every day for 13 years on the methadone, um, which wow. is just a synthetic heroin if anyone didn't know out there you know it's it's painted to to be a good thing and i think in a lot of ways it probably saved my life but it's just a government form of of heroin you know just a liquid handcuffs it's often referred to because they know where to find me every day because i'll be at the clinic picking up my dose because i want to you need it yeah (laughs) it's my security blanket i used to call it yeah, and I think that's the difference with heroin, isn't it? When you when you get a heroin habit dependency to other drugs, is that you know definitely with other drugs, addiction is addiction and it's strong. But there is that physical component that comes yeah, along man. with heroin. There is with other drugs, but it's yeah, nowhere near as much. It's nowhere near as much as as heroin. You know. Um, well, let's not yeah. forget alcohol, mate. Alcohol. That's the right. Worst, that's right. Alcohol's that's the right. worst one, man. And I've the only one that will kill you. That and prescription yeah, pills. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. So so what's that? So just to kind of explain to everyone that's listening, you know, you, you talk through the feeling of using heroin, but like what's yeah. a heroin addiction like with all that withdrawal added in and the push to kind of go and get more? Like what's that like? Because obviously you can't take us through 15 years of using every day and, and blow by blow, yeah. but... But just how would you how would you sum up the physical feeling, the the lifestyle that you're living, you know, all that sort of stuff? The first two words that come to mind is hard work. You know, yeah. like if you think if it, 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 it was hard work, mate, it's so much easier to be clean in recovery. And by the way, I am clean from any mind or mood altering substances for eleven years. And almost six months at the moment, just people wow. out there watching because because I can glorify this stuff and I don't. I'm not glorifying. We're just talking about my experiences, but I just want people to know that I haven't touched a single substance for um 
yeah, over a decade. So, um, but yeah, hard work is a great um, explanation because like it really is. And the other words that come to mind is obsession and compulsion. It's like, ah, I'm driven. It's like the demon I often talk about. Like the demon in me will walk 20 kilometers with a, I cut my Achilles tendon in half one day. Listen to this, right? I, wow. I did it because I, I kicked in a window that I was committing a crime for. I got me through. I did four months out for it. But I managed to jump out the window and make walk about a kilometre to get home with a, a severed Achilles. Sorry, to be so graphic. <laughs> but with a severed Achilles tendon, which had sprung up my leg. Um, and I... I I, I, didn't, I wasn't even stoned, so he's the demon, right? Like, I had the money bar to get on, and I had to get on. And so I, I managed to to make my way to the to the dealer's place um, with a cut Achilles tendon, and then it gets even worse, right? Then I use, I got stoned. I thought, should I go to the hospital? I thought, nah, it's all right. And then the next day, I thought, you know what, I better get to, to the hospital and... Um, they threw me on the stretcher, boom, straight into the operating room. Like, it was that serious. But wow. see, the, like, the obsession and compulsion, that demon in me, it was like, I don't know, it's like I was possessed, you know? Yeah, yeah. So just it just sounds like, you know, you were just like almost just desperation <laughs> when it kind of comes down to it. Yeah. You know, and just one more thing on that, like, when you're in it, when I was in it, like, let's just say I'm homeless. I want to paint the worst picture, right? Homeless, I'm hanging out to so the withdrawals. So to answer that part of it, withdrawals from heroin, is it's like a high anxiety, a level of high anxiety with um, a hint of a shocking flu um, and cold sweats. It's a horrible feeling, right? But in the height of... All of that stuff, homeless, hanging out, desperate on the streets and that. I never really thought um, that, like, because my mum said recently in an interview, right, she said sometimes I, I wish he was, he, he was just over for him, almost like he would be better off dead, right? Now, yeah. I just want to share with people, like, so at the very worst of my stuff, I never actually even kind of noticed it, if you know what wow. I mean. Like, my mum explained that she thought I'd be better off dead, but I was just waiting for the next one, you know? Like, yeah. it was going to... Yeah, so... Um, wow. Yeah, I think that's important too. And I'll just add that it wasn't until I got clean um, that I actually thought of killing myself. And and, and, I, and, that, and I don't mean to scare people from recovery, but like getting clean and staying clean is, is it can be difficult too, you know? So. Yeah. Well, that's what we were talking about before, right? Um, and that's the thing that I think it's a good insight for every, everyone to understand is that like we were saying, what, what the drugs kind of did for us was that they fill the void or they, you know, there's that sort of like inner peace, you're in the moment. That kind of multiplied over 15 years um, with all the sort of trauma, you could say, that does go along with a crazy sort of drug-using life that builds yeah. up that you, that you don't deal with makes it like when, when you just kind of snap out of that, you just wake up it makes it incredibly like difficult to to kind of deal with all of that, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because we don't know how to live, yeah. I've been stoned for seventeen years basically when I get clean when I got clean. So it's like what what's this? You know, like how do you do this life I'm talking yeah. about? Like how do you Yeah, it's and we need to learn how to live, you know. We need that's that's what recovery is about, I think. Um and I'm very grateful that I've got like a set of instructions on how to live and I'll just throw in I'm talking about you know the 12 step fellowship they give me like these instructions on how to live and I just followed that 
and I follow that right now today to the best of my ability and um as a result of that I am one happy camper you know I struggle at times you know I had a fight with um my daughter's mum just this morning and who's out there using uh, it's a terrible situation right so when I say a fight like conflict around me trying to care for my daughter and her being out there and so sometimes my point is it gets difficult like I'm not saying I'm always happy you know but yeah. um I do love my life and I think recovery taught me how to live with stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing, mate. It's, it's, it's amazing to hear. And, and it's good to hear you kind of share that stuff as well, that life is challenging. Is. Cause that, that's always something that I think when I listen to people that I aspire to be like or role models and stuff like that, I always think like, fuck, these guys just sound like there's nothing that goes wrong, but there always is. doesn't matter where you're at. There's always stuff going haywire. It's about how you deal with it, though. Every single day, Jack. Like, I don't know that there's ever eight days that I don't go through those four seasons, you know? Like, yeah. Like, even though overall I certainly do, I know, I, I admit this happy kind of spirit, but every single day... There's my struggles too, you know. Um, yeah. I love that. I'm definitely a glass half full kind of guy. Like even through the worst of it, I always, I've been taught and I've learned to always see a positive. You know, and that's where, I guess, the overall outcome of me being happy and grateful comes from. You know. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, so you mentioned before um, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You mentioned before that your um, your story involves homelessness and jail and and stuff like that, and I know we spoke about that a little a little bit um, previously. But again, it, it really I, I want to talk about this stuff because it kind of paints the picture not just for people that might be listening that are using that want to get into recovery or whatever it is, but you know also for people outside of that that work in the alcohol and drug space. But, you know, just people that are completely outside the industry as well, I think it really fights the perception of, you know, that people can't change because I, I feel like there is that like, oh, they're just a drug user and, you know, that they're not going to be able to turn it around. And I think your story is a good demonstration of like how low you can go and and actually, you know, come back and do all this amazing stuff. So, like how how much do you think like homelessness and institutions like jail and stuff like that affected your life like the was it a hard battle to kind of overcome some of maybe the belief systems or behaviors that you learned from living that kind of a lifestyle yeah sure and again um, i just want to acknowledge that this is just my story and um and 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 the reason i say that is because i work with a lot of men that have spent a long time in jail, right? And mm. that, you know, that word institutionalized, right? Like, I don't think I ever really had institutionalized, even though I probably spent 50 admissions into rehabs and detoxes and probably wow. 20 into custody um, for short or longer periods of time. I don't think, and, and this is from my knowledge, I don't think I was ever really institutionalized. Yes, I was certainly in a pattern of, um, Reliving those same things over and over and becoming really comfortable with detox, rehab, and jail. But that's different um, to someone who's institutionalized. Like I said, mate, for example, um, oh, there's so many behaviors that I witness on a regular basis um, that, you know, constitutes, constitutes that institutionalized. But anyway, this is my story. So um, for me, that stuff, um, it made it difficult, certainly. And the reason it made it difficult, I reckon, the most, the biggest thing that made it difficult was I knew I could always just pull the pin and use again, right? Because that's what I yeah. do. Like, I go into these places. So if you've been at the worst, at the lowest, which is what? Homeless, hanging out, or in jail, hanging out. If That's probably the worst it gets, unless we're talking some kind of torture or something, right? But if I've been there many times, and I was quite comfortable at that. Like, it wasn't 
like I said, I never really considered killing myself throughout all of that. It wasn't until I got clean that that stuff popped into my head. So knowing I could just go back to that was the worst it was going to get. Um, mm. It it became one of the difficulties in me getting clean because I would have a feeling or I'd get uncomfortable um, and this again and that's what I used to think I'd think I could just come back again you know trying again next time it got too much I'll go and use I can do this again you know but um, yeah the where I really had to be brave this is the thing that changed my life entirely this is the moment right here right that after 50 attempts jails institution for the first time this is the most difficult decision I decided all right I'm not going to use. I'm going to yeah. try what they told me to do, and I'm just going to sit with it and um, do the next right thing. And sure enough, here I am 11 and a half years later, mate. So wow. yeah, I hope that answers wow. your question. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good point. It's it's um, Because that's the thing. Like I always say that to people as well, like that I'm working with and stuff. Like recovery is kind of about moments, really. You know, like... Yes, you have to. Yes, you have to put in kind of the work, like almost like training. If you were playing sport, you have to put in the training so that you start to build habits and stuff. But most people's kind of success, if you want to put it that way, I I sort of don't like using that term, but let's put it like that. Success, Success in recovery, sort of, I've found comes down to little moments of choice, you know, where things are hard. You yeah. really want to go and use, but you just make that decision not to do it, you know? And and if you do Absolutely. that, it just kind of opens something up for you. And so many people that I talk to have the same experience, you know? It's just little moments where you make choices um, that happen maybe three or four times in the early days and then you kind of get through it, you know? And it makes sense too, isn't it? Like, I guess that's what life in general is. It does come down to those maybe it's that one decision that's going to completely change your life. And that's exactly what it was for me. One single tiny decision that I'd been supported to make for 17 years. Um, I finally made that one decision and everything dramatically changed. You know, I haven't like, for example, I haven't been locked up for, uh, you know, like 11 and a half years. Um, I, I actually haven't run out of money or stolen in 11 and a half years. So, um, oh, it just goes on and on. Like, the, it just never ends. Like, that one decision dramatically changed my life for the better. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, so in, it's so interesting and, and such a good piece of advice. And it's, it's, it's funny. Like, I, I love that point that you make about that kind of loophole that, hitting the bottom kind of provided for you because you know you sort of knew that it couldn't get much worse so you know you were comfortable in that space you know um it's it's interesting so what like after all that time after all those detox admissions after all that struggle like what was it that helped you to make that decision to do something different you know, I'd love to say it was my family. Uh, I'd love to say it was, you know, all those things, all those pressures, all those things that you would think you get clean. And I know a lot of people want to hear this, you know, if they've got a loved one suffering from addiction, that, you know, all the help that they provide um, is helping. And it is, of course, it all compounds. But to be honest, I guess, um, I guess, all of that stuff certainly helped me make that decision, but it was just I, maybe I could have a better life. Hope it was just a glimmer of hope. That's what it was. This glimmer yeah. of hope that maybe you know all this stuff I hear and I see of people stopping and changing their lives. Maybe I could have some of that, you know, and and mm. being brave and having the courage to take that step. You know, that's that's um. That's really what it was. Hey, Jack, before we go, what time is it? Twelve forty-one. I've got like nine minutes. Um, All good. Eh? All good. Meeting. I just sort of 
um, I don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah, it's all good. That's okay. Let's let's do oh. the power the power nine minutes. All good. Love it. So so, um, you you made that decision, and then yeah, like. How hard was it from there? Did everything just kind of fall into place for you, or, no, or did, no, 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 did no. it get easier? Or yeah, like what what kind of happens when you do finally make that decision? <laughs> you know, it sucks that I have to be honest about this because you want to sort of encourage people, but anything worth having and fighting for is never going to be easy, is it? You know, like it's no. as simple as that, eh? Um, no, it was. You know, it was because, like, you're raw, you're unguarded, you don't know how to to live. Um, you know, I've got a, for example, right, like, you see these things, you know, those feelings charts, I don't know, well, you would know, you know what a feeling chart is, a, a big poster on the wall with 50 different faces on there with different expressions yeah. and um, feelings and that sort of, like, I needed one of them to know how I was feeling, mate, you know, so... Yeah. Um, like, because I had no idea how to live. So I went through every single one of those. All right. For 17 years, I didn't feel none of them. I was just constantly yeah. coded. Well, I never knew if I felt one of those feelings, right? Then I get clean and I'm feeling all 50 of them in once. And I don't know how to compartmentalize it. I don't know how to deal with it. So it's just like overflowing feelings of emotions i cried a lot um i cried like in in private but it was scared i was scared i was scared shitless you know like um yeah and i can say that now down the track i was full of fear i i didn't know how to talk to people i hated intimacy in fact even if i seen someone being intimate i used to just think go away you know like um nice uh, yeah so but I just continued doing it every single day. I yeah. spoke about it as hard as it was to speak about it. I asked for help with it. Um, and day after day, kind of one foot in front of the other, um, it started to slowly get better. Then there'd be a really hard day again. And I think those really hard days were really important for me to get through because they gave me a build a foundation. You know, yeah. like early days of recovery is about building a foundation, feeling all that stuff, learning all the tools. Um, and I know all the tools are pretty simple. It's like connect. Um, the opposite to addiction is is connection, you know, to so speak yeah. to people, ask for help. For me, finding um, something bigger, you know, a higher power for me was really important. Um, doing a lot of groups and, and meetings, 12-step fellowship meetings were all part of it. Staying away from old people, places and things that used to get me into trouble. There's a whole list of stuff, but I did all of it. I did plenty of stuff I wasn't supposed to do as well. Don't get me wrong, but I did yep. all that stuff that I was supposed to do. And sure enough, um, actually, like it probably a nine months of, of that struggle, one day I was looking up, I seen the moon. This is a, a really intense moment, right? I'm on my way home at night. It's about 10 o'clock at night. Um, this was my spiritual awakening. Uh, I'd come back from a, a fellowship meeting and I looked up at the moon and, like, I just felt this, um, like this amazing sense of gratitude and connection to something bigger and better than me and hope for the future um, and love. Like, and it was kind of like, that's where my recovery really started. Like that's where my connect, my spiritual connection. When I say spirit, I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about my soul. My spirit woke up, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just been an ongoing journey of that stuff. But like I've said it before already today is that I love my life. I love all the good. I love all the bad too, because it's that stuff that makes me who I am. Um, and I love sharing my experiences with people like I you love and it, everyone else watching, mate. It's so good. No, and and again, yeah. it's um, it's just really good to talk to you about it and get some context on your story because sure, man. Um, look, don't get me wrong. Like you know, it's kind of our goal with the podcast is we want to hear um everybody's experience, but I do have a fear that in the you know, 
kind of like in the mental health space in the in the quest to make some of these conversations a little bit more mainstream that we might lose the conversation around um you know the really like acute issues that can happen with addiction and and the people that have those acute stories you know um and because there's lots of people with that story and and you know it's um it's just awesome to hear you share about it and just be living such uh, you know an amazing life now and and doing cool stuff you know like a businessman <laughs> you know i could see the book one day heroin heroin addict to businessman or something like that you know it's cool man it's let cool. me let me share this this will blow you like where i'm i'm sitting right now i'm gonna mention i'm at um wesley private hospital this is a private hospital um uh, which I never had the pleasure of coming to. I was just in public. <laughs> but anyway, but um, I, I run a group here with a, a psychiatrist. Um, I won't say his name. Um, who on the benefits of future goal recommitment? Um, mate, this doctor fully supports this psychiatrist. Fully supports my program, encapsulated, and he plugs and runs these groups without me. But I come out here and I help him run this group for an hour once a fortnight mate like it's crazy Jay. like wow. obviously i'm so proud of that i'm so happy about that and not only that it gives me it gets encapsulated in what we're doing so much credibility having not just him other medical professions at this service also and other people outside of here um talking about the benefits and value that talking to one people won't know what i'm talking about here but communicating for your future self which is what our time capsules are about providing this safe and therapeutic environment to keep yourself motivated and accountable anyway so yeah man yes i do have the best life mate. i've built this life as well they said to me in the early days danny if you want to use again build yourself a life worth living um and that's kind of what i'm continue to do one day at a time mate I love that, mate. And and keep keep rocking it because it's inspiring for everyone to see. So for anyone watching this or watching the replay of this live, feel free to drop your comments in below and keep going because me and Danny, you know, will come in and answer any questions or respond to anything yeah, sure. that you want to know. Um, so it, the conversation doesn't end. But, yeah, again, mate, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on. And, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. And uh, I'll make sure that I put in the show notes like where you can find Danny and the encapsulator yeah, and everything because it's awesome. Oh, yeah, Awesome, brother. Thanks so much, Jack. I'll talk to you soon. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk later, mate. Awesome, mate. Peace. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. You, mate. you too. Bye. Okay, that was another episode. It's good to be back. Um, as always, love talking to Danny. Um, yeah, his story is very inspiring to me um, and I always get a lot out of it. So um, I hope that um, you guys do as well. Uh, hope the audio was okay. We're kind of doing our best. We're still half stuck in this Zoom universe sort of thing while we're just getting back to normal. So. Hopefully, we'll have some uh, new and positive shows soon um, with all the corona stuff settling down in our new studio. Um, as always, if you or a loved one needs help with anything, please visit www.connectionbasedliving.com.au. Feel free to reach out to us through there um, or any other means on Facebook or whatever. We've got some stuff coming. I keep saying that it is coming, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> um, and yeah, we look forward to, to um, having you in the next show. Peace.